You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Welcome back to the Live Diet Free Podcast. Today we're talking about how to be more consistent without being an asshole to yourself. It should come as no surprise that, especially if you've listened to previous episodes, you know how important I think consistency is. I consider it one of the three C's of success. Consistency, commitment, confidence will get you to your goal. And I would say the number one, well, I say most of us struggle with all of them from time to time, but the one that I see that's sort of most prevalent, most in your face, most people are aware of is their lack of consistency. The problem is, we are really dickheads to ourselves about that. Instead of being curious and actually kind of exploring what is stopping me from being consistent, we just get really mean. And we blame ourselves. We blame our lack of willpower, our lack of discipline, We blame our age, our lifestyles, our hormones, everything under the sun. We just interpret this lack of consistency as a like a a shortcoming, an inherent shortcoming that there is just something wrong with us. Other people are able to be consistent. It's just not a gene that I got. There's seemingly nothing I can do about it. It's super frustrating. The best I can offer is that I just try to like shame and guilt myself into submission and hope that if I'm disgusted enough by myself that maybe that'll inspire me to make lasting changes, right? In hearing me say that, I hope you can recognize what flawed logic that is. And I know, you know, what happens a lot of the time is we do recognize from a an intellectual standpoint that the logic is faulty. But when it comes to ourselves, we're too close to it. We're too emotional. We can't separate the, you know, what applies to everybody else from what applies to ourselves. So that's what I want to talk about today and giving you sort of a framework to help you develop what I think is one of the most important skills for lasting weight loss and and lasting lifestyle change, which is that of compassionate ownership. You may have heard me talk about it in previous episodes. It's sort of a term that I coined after working with hundreds of women and seeing the exact same patterns play out over and over and over again, which is that we are somehow simultaneously really, really mean to ourselves and coming up with great at coming up with all sorts of excuses and justifications and rationalizations for why nothing can change. And that combination is ruthless. That is the the lack of compassion and the lack of ownership are a big part of why you feel stuck so often. So I first want to sort of paint a picture for you of what most people struggle with. And I have talked to hundreds of women who all you know, have a a similar story. They feel like they've tried everything. 
nothing works long term. They have some initial success. And then for whatever reason, the weight ends up coming back. Either they start to kind of get lax and they're like, oh, well, you know, my clothes are fitting better and I have more energy. So like it's not as urgent. They take their foot off the gas and then end up reverting back. Sometimes life gets in the way and they're in a good routine and something totally disruptive happens and they don't have a stable enough foundation to maintain those healthy habits in the midst of, you know, whatever this upheaval is. Often it's that we bite off more than we can chew and try to change too much at once, which results in feeling really overwhelmed, spread really thin, because it's not just all of these new lifestyle related changes that you're trying to make. You're also trying to you know, still excel at your job and, you know, at the very least not get fired. You're trying to show up for your kids and not be yelling at them all the time. You're trying to, you know, be a pleasant partner for whomever, you know, fills that role for you. And it ends up feeling like a lot. And we are so in the habit of being so hard on ourselves that when we can't maintain whatever we've defined as perfection, We get so mad and so frustrated and so defeated that the pendulum just swings the other way. And it's like, well, if I can't do it all, then there's no point in doing any of it. So here we go. And around we go. So in the short term, this looks like you having one too many weekend freak out where you have this event to go to and nothing fits and shopping is miserable. So you end up wearing like the one thing in your closet that you actually hate and you've had for a million years, but it's the only thing that you feel like hides the parts of your body that you hate, and you swear up and down, starting Monday, I am changing everything. I am sick of this. I am getting back on my Peloton, and I'm going to do a streak from now until the end of the year. In addition, I am going to start drinking a gallon of water. You know what? Why don't I just go all in and do a 75 hard and just really, you know, kind of punish myself for letting it get this bad. And next thing you know, you have a dozen different boxes that you're trying to check every single day that does not take into account all of the other stuff you have going on in your life, but you don't care because you want it to feel hard. You want it to feel like a sacrifice. You equate losing weight and being successful with being miserable. And if you're not, you're not doing enough. So you're all in at the beginning. And because you're feeling so negatively, it's very easy for you to really dive in that you're like yes I want to I want to be thinking about this all the time I want to make sure that I never end up here again but what inevitably happens is you can't maintain all of those things all at once and because you set the, the expectation at perfection you just can't maintain it something is going to happen a kid's going to get sick you're going to get a flat tire any number of things is going to go wrong and when you have not given yourself any wiggle room to be less than perfect the whole thing comes crumbling down. So instead of saying like, all right, well, you know, I missed a day of taking a walk, but that's fine. That's life. I'm just going to take a walk tomorrow or I'll do a workout inside since I can't go outside for whatever reason. Right. So we oscillate and, and I've done episodes on breaking the all or nothing cycle. And this this there is a lot of overlap here. And I will talk specifically about compassionate ownership in a second. But I just want to I want to give you some very tangible examples because I know this is relatable to a lot of people. All right, so when things inevitably come crashing down, and that's not to say no one ever you know, succeeds at these you know, challenges, a 30-day or 60 or 75 or whatever. Lots of people do. But you want to look at what happens you know, day six, uh, 76 or you know, shortly after. If you've ever done a whole 30 and you've been counting down until you can have booze again or sugar in your coffee or whatever, you know that 
even though you tell yourself, I'm doing this as a kickstart to establish some healthy, healthy habits that then I want to continue in a more sustainable way afterwards, that's not what happens. You do this really restrictive thing, and then you essentially just revert back to, to what you've been doing. So in any case, when you either fall short of your expectations or finish the thing and then don't have you know an exit strategy, I think something really interesting happens. We sort of simultaneously get really good at rationalizing what happened. It doesn't feel good to take responsibility and say like, well, I fell short. You know, granted, I fell short of these unreal- unrealistic expectations to begin with, but it doesn't feel good to say that. So we start looking around for other things. Well, I could have done it, except my boss was super demanding and I just you know, didn't have the time. Or I could have done it if my kids hadn't gotten sick. If my husband was more supportive, it would have been so much easier and then I could have done it. If the weather had been better, it would have been a lot easier to get outside for those workouts and you know, that's not my fault. So we do a lot of that. But that's like the, the surface level. That's what we're kind of like projecting out into the world. But what we're actually internalizing is I failed again. I fell short again. So this is an example of how we are simultaneously lacking the self-compassion that we need and the ownership that we need in order to actually make lasting changes. All right, so now that we're kind of on the same page on what this has looked like you know, in, in real life, let's talk about the skill of compassionate ownership and how to actually cultivate it. You are familiar with both of those words, compassion and ownership. You don't necessarily hear them together. And that's kind of where where this was born, is that I feel like when we talk about ownership or when we hear it or see it on social media and stuff like that, it's in this really sort of masculine, extreme way. There's actually a, a book, Extreme Ownership, that's you know super popular. And I think the issue with that sort of extreme version of ownership is that a lot of us, especially women, are already our own toughest critics. So to then be given the message and internalize the belief that everything is my fault or my responsibility, I feel like just kind of piles on, but doesn't actually serve us in a way that takes us out of that and into action. So it just sort of feels like this weight of like, now in addition to the things I was already feeling, Now I have the added shame or guilt or whatever negative emotion that it's my fault in the first place. So that's kind of one side of it. Then on the other side, you have compassion, which you deserve, everyone deserves just inherently for being a human being. But I do think there's almost kind of like the extreme compassion version, which can get into the territory of I just need to accept everything as is. And if I want to change anything, that's a problem. I just need to work on, you know, loving myself and letting whatever kind of hand I've dealt be good enough. It's almost like this disconnected, passive approach that I think is really disempowering. Of course, you deserve compassion. And also, you should want to be living up to your full potential. You should, be want, you should want to be thriving and taking action to live the healthiest, happiest, most confident life that you can. And that 
means, yes, accepting yourself where you are, while also acknowledging it's okay to want to change from here. And doing it from a place of love and compassion is going to make me a lot more successful than trying to hate myself into change. So the term and the skill compassionate ownership was born when I sort of realized that I look at compassion and ownership as being on the same spectrum. And all of us, at any given moment in our lives, fall somewhere on that spectrum. Sometimes, based on what's going on in our lives, we need more compassion. Sometimes we need more ownership. And learning how to recognize that you can move fluidly along that spectrum based on what's going on is incredibly powerful. I just had a conversation with a client on a recent monthly reflection and goal setting call. And she was talking about how she was starting to feel burnt out from tracking her food. And we were talking about how common that is. And what sort of a an art it is to know yourself well enough to determine are these feelings ones that I need to lean into and I need to take a break and sort of lean on the compassion piece and remind myself not tracking is, is not the end of the world. I'm not going to backslide. It's not, you know, any of that stuff. Or are these just kind of normal signs of the grind that I need to work through and lean more on the ownership side of, well, too bad that you're not feeling it right now. You're going to do it anyway because you can't keep stopping whenever you start to feel this way. There is no right answer in situations like this. And this is really the crux of developing the skill and learning how to be accountable to yourself and be intrinsically motivated is developing the ability to introspect and to really be honest with yourself and figure out what makes sense for me right now. Not anybody else, not me before, not me later, but for me right now. And sometimes the answer is going to be, you take a break. Sometimes the answer is going to be, you keep going. And I think where a lot of people resist this is we want there to be a right and a wrong. We want to get a coach and have them say, here is the answer. When you are feeling like this, do that. And to have it just be this very cut and dry, straightforward thing. The problem is, life is not black and white. Eating is not black and white. Your feelings are not black and white. Two things can exist at the same time. And this is why all of the programs that you've done in the past that just give you the answers based on, you know, whatever arbitrary decisions whoever created them made, you don't develop the skill of taking compassionate ownership. You don't develop the skill of learning how to figure out what's right for you right now. If you're enjoying this episode, I want to invite you to join us in our coaching program, Gone for Good. Gone for Good is our signature 12-week coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence, commitment, and consistency necessary to make reaching your weight loss and health goals inevitable. Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise, nutrition, big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after. Whether you want to lose 5 pounds, 50 pounds, or 150 pounds, we can help you in Gone for Good. For all the info and to join, go to estheravant.com slash coaching.
So in the case of this client, knowing her for as long as, as we have and having worked with her, and she having done this for several months, we were able to look at all of the different variables at play. We were able to look at how long she had been consistently tracking. We were able to look at the foundation she'd built in that time and her ability to rely on that foundation without the crutch of tracking. We looked at the progress that she'd made. We looked at the stressors in her life. We looked at all sorts of different variables to figure out the way you're feeling now, what's, what's going to be the, the best course of action from here? Because like I said, there's not a right or a wrong. There's not a blanket. This is what you do. It's very individualized. And not just, here's what I do all the time, but here's what I'm going to do right now, and I know that in the future it might be different. So we were able to say, oh yeah, it has been several months. You do have a really good foundation. You are making really good progress, and you are already in a really good place, and you're looking to just enhance from there. So all of those things are kind of pointing to us of like, yeah, let's take a little break. Let's give you the opportunity to practice some of the softer skills, the intangibles. Let's give you a break to show yourself that you can and that nothing bad is going to happen when you stop. In a different circumstance or with a different client, the course of action may have been different. If we have a client who's, say, three weeks in or even six weeks in, and is like, oh, yeah, I'm just feeling burned out from tracking, our recommendation is likely going to be to keep going. Because in the beginning, a lot of this is proving to yourself that you can push through even when the motivation is gone, even when you're not feeling it. Because typically we have a habit of quitting at the first sign of distress or lack of enjoyment. And part of what develops confidence is continuing to be consistent without that motivation. So if we looked at another client's life or at this client in a different period and said, well, you don't have you know, a ton of, of outside stressors right now. You don't have a great foundation yet. And in fact, doing this, using this tool, tracking is, is helping you develop that foundation you're also in the habit of quitting around this time in the past, we're going to say, let's, let's push through. Let's figure out how you can keep going because that's what you're going to benefit from more right now. So hopefully that example gives you kind of a, a, an idea of, of what I'm talking about here and how the, the what you need, which, which end of the spectrum you need more of, varies based on a lot of different things. But the first step I kind of want to, to offer you in developing compassion ownership is just the acknowledgement that compassion and ownership are on the same spectrum and that we always need some combination of the two, but exactly what that looks like is going to vary. So the second thing we need to do is cultivate the habit of pausing to think and respond to whatever is happening rather than just reacting impulsively to it. This is a very, very important skill that will serve you in all sorts of areas of your life. I notice it in parenting where I want to just scream at the top of my lungs, but I know that's probably not going to help. So let me just take a beat. Often that means I go to the bathroom and I shut the door and I say, do not come in here while the door is closed. And I just take a little breather and I think about what's going on. Why am I having such a such a big reaction to whatever's happening. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I just stressed? Has it been a long day? You know, do we need to get out of the house? Do we need some fresh air? How do I want to approach this? And then, you know, can come out level-headed and have a more reasonable conversation with a five-year-old. 
you'll notice it benefiting you at work where you want to fire off this email that would, you know, would feel good to get off your chest, but ultimately is not going to serve you well in working with your team or engaging with your boss and going outside or take, and taking a walk or writing the email and then sending it to a friend or just not sending it at all and giving yourself a breather to be like, okay, do, where do I want to go from here? Do I want to send it? And if so, what consequences might I expect from that? Is it go, what purpose is it going to serve for me? Am I actually going to feel better by doing this? Or do I just need to get it off my chest in some way? Do I just need some sort of outlet? So it's going to benefit you in all areas of your life. With food or with you know exercise specifically, it's often giving yourself the opportunity to get more clear on what you're feeling at the time. So I'd say 99% of us, probably near 100%, I don't know, there's probably one of you out there that's like, oh, not me, um, experience emotional eating from time to time, right? And a lot of it is very um, mindless or automatic that we're not actively thinking, I'm so mad right now, I just really want a cookie, right? We're just thinking, like, we're not thinking, we're just eating a cookie and we're like, what happened? Like, how did I find myself here? Like, the cookies are gone. Who ate them, right? Um, so it's learning how to pump the brakes. And it's almost like like hitting pause on on the TV or like, I don't know, I can't think of an exact show that this is, this is done in, but like where there's like a narrator or somebody who like pauses it and then like talks to, talks to the viewer and then presses, you know, play and, and the story continues. It's almost like that where you're like, I need a quick timeout here. I just need to like do some thinking without everything else going on. And then I'll, I'll figure this out. Then I'll get clear on, all right, I'm mad. I want a cookie. The cookie will not make me less mad. And also then afterwards, I'm going to be mad at myself. So I don't want to do that. So cultivating this habit of pausing allows you to ask yourself, what do I need more of right now? And in the case of compassionate ownership specifically, do I need more compassion with myself? Am I just being really hard on myself and it's not fair to me? Or do I need to take more ownership? Am I shirking responsibility? Am I blaming others? Am I being a victim when what I need to do is say, this is on me to figure out and I have the power to do this? So that pause is crucial. And I know it's easier said than done, trust me. But what progress looks like, and I have a very old episode about this. What progress looks like is you learning to do this more often. Not going to do it 100% of the time. That's fine. It's never the goal. But you'll notice that it comes more easily with practice. And what's cool is just practicing the pause in any context is going to help you in the health and, and weight loss context. So when you pause at work, when you pause with your kids or with your husband, that just makes it easier to pause, period. So then when you find yourself standing in front of the pantry, it's easier to pause. So just practice the pausing and get comfortable asking yourself this question. What do I need right now? What do we need more of right now? You know full well that you give more compassion to everybody else in your life. Sometimes what, the, what, what you need more of is to practice giving yourself the same kindness and understanding you would give your daughter or your mom or your best friend. And sometimes you need a little bit more of that parenting, a little bit more of that tough love where you say, come on, you're better than this. This is important to you. you can, you're capable of more. But that pause is where that begins. Okay, number three. When you set goals for yourself, you need to set the bar somewhere realistic. 
You need to acknowledge that you are an imperfect human and you are always going to be. And that aiming for 100%, aiming to do anything every single day, is not going to happen. Maybe on your best weeks, but we all know you don't get a whole lot of best weeks strung together, right? So you cannot oscillate between perfect week, everything went according to plan, amazing. Look, it's Tuesday, shit setting the fan. I guess it's a loss. I'll try again next week. That is what's leaving you spinning your wheels. So when you set your weekly goals, be realistic based on, I'd say, a, a conservative look at your upcoming week. This is why I preach so much about doing life admin. Are you actually looking at your calendar to see what is reasonable to expect from yourself? If you have a super early morning flight, two days next week, you're going to and, to and from a conference, and in between, you are at the conference and you're doing client dinners, is it realistic to expect that you're going to maintain your normal exercise routine that you do when you're at home and you don't have any of those things on your calendar? No. But for a lot of us, we set the exact same goals. We set the bar in the exact same place, no matter what else is going on. So be realistic so that you're actually setting yourself up for success. It's a lot easier to take ownership and take responsibility when you actually believe that you can accomplish the goals in the first place. When you set the bar unrealistically high, you're setting yourself up for failure because you already have that little nagging self-doubt in the back of your mind saying, you're never going to be able to do this. Who do you think you are? And that voice ends up being loud and you end up falling short, feeling like crap about it, and around we go. All right, number four. Choose to respond to the inevitable slip-ups with compassion. At the end of the day, none of the slip-ups that are happening are monumental. You having a thousand calorie snacks at an after dinner last night is not a big deal on its own. What makes it a big deal is how you react to it afterwards. You tell yourself, that you are a worthless POS, that you always do this. You knew you were going to do it because it's what you always do. You're just out of control. Food has this hold over you. There's nothing you can do about it. You don't have willpower. You don't have discipline. You're doomed, etc. It turns into this very, very dark doom spiral when in reality it did not need to. So choose to respond to those slip-ups with the same compassion you would give to another person. If your daughter came to you and was like, I ate so much last night, I had this stomach ache, and I felt terrible, and I feel so fat, and I'm bloated today, and like my pants don't fit well, and like I'm just so mad at myself. What would you say? You sure wouldn't pile on and say, yeah, you're right, you are out of control, I can't even look at you, you're just so disgusting. Of course you would never say that, but that's what you say to yourself. The way you would respond to another person is with the same compassion that you deserve. You didn't do anything wrong. You're a human And sometimes we overeat. It's not a big deal. I've been there before. Today would be a good day for leggings or a dress or something that that feels more comfortable. Because yeah, when you eat a lot, sometimes you don't feel great the next day. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not a bad person. This is not saying anything about your success or what's going to happen in the future. This is okay. You can move on from that. Imagine what would be different if you responded to your own slip-ups like that. And then number five, choose what you make, those slip-ups largely, but choose what you make everything mean. 
rather than looking at those slip ups, and I use that word very intentionally because I'm, I'm not saying you're failures, but learn to look at those slip ups or quote unquote failures as lessons and opportunities that you can learn from and take ownership over. Great example of this is weekend eating behavior. I've said over and over again, like we can't keep letting ourselves get caught off guard by things we know are happening and happen on a consistent basis, right? You can't get thrown off guard every Saturday when you know Saturday is coming every single week. And if you took the time to reflect, you would see that there are patterns to your behavior that are happening every single week. So if you want to get a different outcome, you need to look at that information as data and as opportunities to help you figure out what's going on here and how do I stop it? How do I do it differently? From there, you can take ownership of not letting it happen again, or at least you can make your best first attempt at doing things differently. And again, there's rarely a, an overnight fix where you're like, oh, this, you know, this one small, small trick changed everything. But more so, you see, okay, here's the pattern that I'm seeing. Here are some solutions that I've brainstormed. And again, it can help a ton to have a coach help with that brainstorming. But here, here's the pattern. Here are the, the potential solutions. I'm just going to pick one and start and try it and see how it goes and see what happens. And then I'm going to do this all over again. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to tweak what I did last time. Do I want to totally scrap it? Do I want to modify it? Do I want to build on it? What does it look like to learn from experience and take responsibility for doing something differently? This is the key to getting out of the all or nothing cycle. This is the key to breaking you living in, in between extremes. This is the key to building consistently consistency without being an asshole to yourself. So just really quickly want to recap what these five steps are. So you have that as kind of the, the takeaway from this episode. Number one, acknowledge that compassion and ownership are on the same spectrum and that you always need a combination of the two, but exactly what that looks like is going to vary based on the circumstance. Number two, cultivate the habit of pausing to think and respond rather than react and ask yourself, what do I need more of right now? Compassion or ownership? What does that look like? Number three, when you are setting goals, Set the bar somewhere realistic that you feel confident you can achieve and you get some wins under your belt rather than setting the bar so high that you've given up before you've even started. Number four, when you inevitably slip up, choose to respond to those with the same compassion you would give another person. And number five, choose what you want to make things mean. It's not a failure, it's a lesson, or it's an opportunity. From there, you can pick up on the patterns. You can do some strategizing or some hypothesizing on how did I end up here? You can brainstorm solutions, and you can take ownership of not letting that same thing happen again. And over time, as you stay committed to this process, you will find that you are getting better results more consistently because you are giving yourself the perfect combination of compassion and ownership as you need it. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Diet Free Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, I appreciate you being here. 
One way you can help this podcast succeed is to subscribe, rate, and review it. If you don't mind doing those things, I would love to thank you with a copy of our Weekend Survival Guide designed to help you have weekends you enjoy that don't set you back from reaching your goals. Just send a screenshot of your review to admin at estheravant.com and we'll send it over. And don't forget to check out estheravant.com slash coaching for all the info about our Gone for Good coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence, commitment, and consistency necessary to make reaching your health and weight loss goals inevitable. Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise and nutrition big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every, every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after.